0: Hello everybody, this is Martin Stokes here, and this is no, Dean Scurry, and I am a traveller, and I am a countryman.
1: Welcome to A Traveller and a Countryman Podcast. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you.
2: Hello! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Episode 49, the Traveller and a Countryman Podcast, and we have our guest, Huey Mohan Sr. Yes. How are you, brother? Not too bad. Good to uh, have you in. Thanks for coming down. You listen to the podcast, do you?
2: Yeah, I do listen to it um, fairly often there to hear the things going on. I think it's, you know, it's good, like, you know, it's good to hear from all types of people and what they have to say and things, you know, like, I, it's very interesting.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Where were you born? I was born in in uh, Mullingar, County Westmead, but from Mullingar, then my father and mother travelled around for a couple of years, and then we ended up in Bellastown, County Mead, and we're living there in caravans in matter of fact, the people who used to own Taylor Park, Kyle's, my father used to work for them, Raymond Kyle and John Kyle and old Charlie Kyle would be their father again. And my father was like a foreman, he used to drive the tractors and pick the spuds and the all type of vegetables and stuff going after the land and stuff like that there and do the hay and everything like that. Everything we a farmer does the whole year round. He was doing it. Yeah, he was doing it. And the farmers That's at that done. time was really good to us because poor times. Like everybody, did always look after you with the vegetables and stuff that they are too for you. They know, look, my mother used to work there as well with them as well.
1: And we used living in a caravan. We're living tents. in
2: caravans and in our old schoolmaster, Master Kindy. We did years and years now. He, my mother got letters of him and there was houses getting built at the time there were seven little houses getting built almost on Kyle's land because they sold the land to the council the council bought the houses then and built the houses so we were one of the first families along with the other seven who moved in at the time
1: What age were you there when you moved I in?
2: I probably would have been about four maybe at the time so you had my sister Julie who would been a year older and my brother Tommy who was a year younger than me
1: so you remember that time in, in I can remember
2: in 1978 or something like that there, 77 or something like that we moved in there Do you know people didn't understand us and we didn't understand them because we were living in caravans and children wouldn't have seen much travellers at that time because where we were, where we were living did we know the travellers there
0: so did you ever move from Bellistown Huey, to leave and come back again to her honey stage?
2: We were moved to England for three years because um, that was after when I was 11 years old, I I got a very rare illness in my liver. So I ended up in um, in Drada Hospital for over a year. And then I was there in to have a liver transplant over to King's College Hospital in London. But thank God, through prayers and through the doctors, um, to help me at the time, and I'd, and I, well, now I'm on treatment for the rest of my life now.
0: Did you find out it's back here? You had to move over, is it?
2: I, we had to move over at the time, uh, um, over to England Because I had no way of doing anything for me here. Yes, yes nothing you yes. could do here, like, and I had to go to England. It was live or die. That's where it was. That's how bad it was. I was in King's College Hospital. That's where I was sent to. I was in. I spent two birthdays in hospital. I spent my 12th and 13th birthday in hospital.
1: And was your family then living in London? My
2: father and mother came over at the same time as I, my mother was on the plane with me and when I came over and there was a doctor and I remember there was a nurse there as well. And the, when they we dove in the plane, there was ambulance waiting everywhere the airport was at the time, Covey Heathrow, one of them, and they took me to um, King's College Hospital and I was in tinsic care there then. And what was up with you? I had a very rare liver disease. It's wow. called Wilson's disease. So now it's a very rare thing. Even now, doctors could be treating people for liver for years and they might only see one of my people like me. But you know, in a lot of ways, I'm very lucky because I got involved with sports even at a very young age before I got sick. So I used to run for my county and everything, you know, through cross-country run and run for my school. And because my father was a great, probably the best sportsman I ever knew in an amateur sports person. so sport was always a very important thing in our family
1: and where is your daddy from?
2: he's from Mark but my mother's from Mullingar but my father's all his relations would be all from Mullingar and Arth County Longford and all them places the the Mohans well Mohans and Nevins my two my grandmother my father's mother is Nevins as well so that's where they be all connected now the Mohans all comes from County Clare and the west of Ireland, Meow. So I have a great granduncle called Tom Mohan. My grandfather's called Patrick Mohan. His father before him was called Thomas Mohan. And the father before him was called Patrick Mohan. They're buried in Ballinagh in County Meow.
1: And what was your daddy's name?
2: His name is Tom Mohan as well. It's he Tom would have been called after his grandfather, Tom, Big Tom Mohan.
1: So there's a long line of Mohans. Yeah, well, I, I,
2: I like a lot of history about my family. So I know. I, I'm one of those people I like to know history about where I came from who was me people and I like those things
1: And have you been over that side of the country? Loads of times
2: So like I mean, my grandfathers buried in County Longford as well We two grandfathers there to the Nevin and the Mohan So like they they probably travelled around like all travellers did in, in, the, in the day like went around working for the farmers or working everything they were doing making pots and pans and the, the women at that time would be probably making all like, you know, like sowing things or making flowers, everything could do for, to try to keep bread on the table.
1: what was your daddy working at?
2: My father always worked as a labourer, you know, in farms. He was a very hard working man, he was. Like, he worked in farms, doing spuds, as I said, he already um, picking all types of vegetable in all types of weather. I can remember my father and mother in sprout fields when there was snow and frost there, do you know, in hard times. I, I knew you know
0: when we were in London, did you come it was it was it Town. you came back to then?
2: We came back to Belius Town in nineteen eighty eight. We wasn't even meant to wait back here at the time. No, just like a temporary basis. Yeah, because we have my father and mother has a house up in Town. as I said from the beginning. And then my sister ended up getting engaged and in the after that, we ended up settling back here. But it's very hard to come from London to Town yeah, where you had everything around you in London.
0: Back to quietness, basically. Okay, not so,
2: in there. So I I remember at the time, I said, when I come to 18, I'm moving back to England <laughs> with my uncle. <laughs> it was like going to a ghost town. Like, it was not in there. town is kind of a place, there are funny type of people in it, even up to today, up today. Like, there are people... There's Colliers and and Flains and Brannigans. They're all cousins, and didn't matter if you're there for two hundred years, you still class as an outsider. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. But we had a lot of good friends up in Sound and a lot of them Brannigans and Cousins. They you know, we went to school, we played football together, we did running together, and we worked together, like in farms and things like there too. So, like, it's a nice, it's a good place to be reared up to, you know, to, to bring up to. But there's no travellers there. There was only our own family was there.
1: How did you end up there?
2: My father ended up working for John Kyle. He would have been one of the fellows was over at Taylor Park and that's where he ended up moving up there and he had a big field there and he let us move on to his land and we took small caravans at the time.
1: And did you stay in the caravans for long there? We
2: stood there in caravans for a while and then we got that house and we got into the house then and um, there there's a little small state of seven of the houses now there's 10 or 12 or 14 houses there now.
1: And you have got a chance Of getting one of them
2: Yeah but the teachers Were all the letters And Tom Kelly Would be in a local TD And the Father Tunley At the time Was a priest In Dunleek, And um, he would have Given us letters And helping us To get the house At the time So we started off School there In baby class Like that's showing you And high infants And right up to it You know
0: So you literally more, more or less All your life Say up to till you got married best day. That's
2: what we, My father My brother And his family Is all They're still living up there They have another house There now and my mother passed away two years ago, so my father's in the house there now. So we still have two houses up there. Your father's still there, is he? Yeah, my father, like, we, that's our own house. Like I mean, my me father and mother owns the house, so so that's a part of our family. Like, it'll never be sold because we're, there's too much memories there. So it's a house, like, where we'll always keep in our family in time yeah, to come. Yeah, a
0: lifetime it. of memories.
2: It's worth more. You can't put a price on the things what my mother and things did for us, they were like it was hard times, but they did everything for us. My mother is from Mullingar. What's her name? Teresa was her name. She her second name was Nevin. So she um very so she, her her um she would be two years dead now in November. So she did. Yeah,
1: I remember you telling me about your your passing away. Oh
2: yeah, because my mother, I was very close to my mother. As my sister and my brother was very close to my father, I was always with my mother. When I was sick in the hospital, I can remember loads of things that she used to do for me. She used to bat me and she used to st- sleep beside me and she she used to be there all the time. I remember giving me a kiss in the head when she was, you know, in the night time and things. Yeah, that. it's
1: lovely. I had that with my mammy as well. Yeah, it's right. I still yeah. have it with my mammy. My mammy's still alive, thank God. Yeah, you're so lucky. So lucky. I was out swimming with her and my dad the other day. That's, that's they're in, priceless. They're in their 70s and it's great. But I had,
2: To see them doing that, that's just so That's brilliant. Because as I said, my mother works so hard and fields, you know, for picking spuds, and like she did so much for us. Like she couldn't just go into a shop and just buy what she wanted to buy, because she'd, but if we wanted something, she'd save up her money and she'd get herself, so we'd always, we always got what we wanted, if it took a month, it took two months, we'd get it, because she'd get it for us. What was your mommy's name? Theresa. Yeah. She was a provider, bless her. She was just like all the women like that time, like Martin's mother, they're your mother. They are just, the people at that time was great people, like, you know. They did yeah. what they had to do for their family. Just did their best, did it? Yeah.
1: And how did she meet your dad?
2: Dad probably would have been a match wedding. Mm. Would it, yeah? Yeah, my father and mother's first cousins, believe it or not. So right. my grandfather, who's my mother's father, and my granny says my father's um, mother them two was a brother and sister yeah but also my mother's mother is Nevin as well so she'd be first cousin again to them so the two of them was first cousins so probably that time I think the way it was done they'd come out for a couple of drinks their father-mothers and, mothers, and uh, the wedding would go on like a match wedding. They'd come home and tell them you're getting married. As <laughs> I, th- I don't even think my mother met my father till the day she got married. The deal is done. <laughs> it's crazy That's, to is it? It's deadly. like it is, it is a bit crazy, but it's also deadly. Well, it's you twice. know what we think about it like? Yeah. And I'd, I heard them saying there, the, 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 I think they're two or three pounds I had and they're lucky even to have it and they'll have to get married. It's just the way it it's Hard are, times it? <laughs> I don't know how they're ever, have, we, have we ever put out that time We're finished We're done they, I don't think they
1: had uh, Much of a choice Like my man uh They probably didn't have The money for the ring I think we, we Or oh, ma- a ring yeah. you,
2: you wouldn't even have a ring but I think we
1: ma- <laughs> my dad The priest handed me dad a ring Going here Stick that <laughs> on there What do you need A pair of trousers here Stick them on there
2: yeah, it would be, but if we look back, it's great memories of the things with the Katufia. like even at simple things, even a Halloween, you'd be doing these old apple games in the water, the, the brack cake with um, with the ring in it, and do you know, you'd be making Halloween decorations, Halloween or Christmas decorations out of paper yolks, I remember them, and you do all them things in school, and, and you'd be home making these coloured decorations with it's this great thing memories like in the, all the roofs of the house at that time would be all full of decorations even down yeah, well. goes to show you that Now you don't see any of them things now
0: It goes to show you that everything is exciting as a child and you don't have no worries like huh? So yeah, you no, grow you up think you, about you feel like, the pressures of life
2: isn't it? Yeah if you think back about the things the house you come into the ha- any house that time you'd have all these hanging down decorations a Christmas tree you'd have a real Christmas tree that time and it was just well, that time you'd be Karen. getting a tie for Christmas like it would be just brilliant we like got gun and pooch and caps. When the caps is gone, you're gone.
0: <laughs>
2: the little gun with the strip of caps. <laughs> like, yeah, you that? put them in the red. Where we go, of, like, we'll go hiding? <laughs> you be all action for a little while. And then be, the the will be gone. There's no more caps for you. you get a package. They're like in a long tube, like a, <laughs> the sweets or something. Like they're like memories, huh? But they're good memories to have. Yeah, beautiful. But, uh, just, uh, like, I mean, with kids today, is totally different things. Thank God a lot of things is different as well, you know. But that's what we went to school there, and then we were in England, we went to s- on and off to school there as well.
1: Oh, when you were over there, when you were living there? Yeah, we
2: there. went to secondary school over there, just a sm- small, but I wouldn't call it proper school, but that's what we did. But when we were living in Ireland, like, we were in school every day, like...
1: How long did you say in school to? to I that? had
2: to leave it when I was in third class because I was got sick that time.
1: And you but, didn't go back?
2: No, I couldn't go back because I was in the hospital. I was in school, believe it or not when I got better in England in um, in the hospital because I used to do have little schools in the hospitals over there. So do you know like there's very hard times, but do you know in good times as well? Like you know, in certain ways. And
1: what age did you come back then to Ireland?
2: I came back to Ireland when I was just going on sixteen. No, I was about fifteen. I was. 15 going on 16. And that's when my sister would be 17. So she, her, there was a wedding kind of mentioned there with her and my brother in law now. Like, and um, that wedding went on. And she got married. And my father said she not get married till she's 18. I think she was 18 in one day or two days in November. Her anniversary is in November, or her marriage, like, anniversary. So the two of them got married. There. Johnny would be in the same, around the same age, a little over 18, he was, about 18 and a half. So at 16, what were you up to? 16, I remember my sweet 16, and you won't believe this, I think it was, the, um, I was getting, I was went out that night um, in Dunlake, because I used to love playing darts, and I remember that night I bought, I think it was a winning streak, there was like, a, you get three stars, or three things, and you win 50, 50 pounds at the time, and I won it, I got the three stars, and a scratch card round, cool I can remember that here, because certain things in your life come for you, but um, really, that was it then. Just into the pub, game of darts, because I'm a non-drinker. and um, You never drank though? No, I drank about five or six times in my life, altogether. So that's why I'm, in, I'm involved with sport and things like that too. And I'm one of those people tries everything. So sport is um, a big, big thing uh, in my life, but also school. For my own family, school is, is the most important thing in their lives. Like as an example, I give you a thing here. Hughie, my son would be the first child to do his leaving certain Ballymun like... wow, that's so sad as well. Like you know, yeah,
1: yeah it's awesome. great and sad at the same time. Yeah,
2: and then Marianne would be the second child to do leaving certain. Now, they know, no better than nobody else. But it's just thank God they stood in school. Now my other girl didn't wait in school. She left it in in third year, so she school wasn't just for her. So you know, like. School is for some people and it's not for other people but if they like it they try to keep them in it. If they don't like it what can you do? It's just not every child likes school No, it? it's, that's the way things is. And you get that in all types of people. It doesn't matter if you're a traveller or a certain person that's the way life is. So I was kind of lucky. Hughie did like school and he stood in it.
1: How did you get from 16 to having kids? Where did that all come in?
2: Well, uh, oh, I met my me own w- wife I met her... Um, my brother was getting married, Tommy. He was married before me. He was a year younger, but he got married before me. And then, um, what do you call it? We're on a bus going down the Navin to the wedding. And that's where I saw Kathleen then. Oh, love at first sight, huh? And then, oh, after like, dance and things at the wedding, what you'd, you'd be doing. And uh, you'd be half, you think you're going to. Death chamber or something like that. You're going over for a dance. You'd be embarrassed. <laughs> you'd be ashamed. <laughs> it's like you think you're going into a gas chamber or something like. That. You think you're going to die or something like. That, and you're not. I, well, at the time you'd be embarrassed. I gonna, and he was asking himself, "What's this thing called love? <laughs> <laughs> what age are you know? I would be in eighteen that time. Eighteen or going on nineteen, like eighteen or nineteen. And you met the love of your life on but the bus to for her own bad luck, i gonna have to pull over. <laughs> so then that was on. I think the wedding was on a Thursday, Friday. So I said to her, um, "I'll be up in my uncle is married to her aunt, and I said if you up in Clondalkin on Tuesday, will you be up around there?' You're a cheer, she just you're a at me, much to say. She's gonna kill him now. You know that. Much to say, or <laughs> you are. <laughs> so her father had a big phone in the van at the time they were very rare to get anyone with a, like a mobile phone do you remember them big huge phones yeah, man? The big mobile they were like phone. something you see in an airplane yeah, or something. That's right. so I phoned she wouldn't answer then and then she, uh, she answered then I just met her from there then no I only saw her that time once that was on a Tuesday and then I was going down to a Walk, and me and my cousin Tina and I phoned that, her number and asked her to marry me so that's how we came across then. So then I had to go out to Valley Moon. And Halloween night it was, believe it or not. Because I can remember all the fireworks in Yorks. I said it was fireworks already? No. Kathy <laughs> was sitting, I can remember, she was sitting in her father's caravan and all the brothers and sisters was there. And my uncle, my brother and my sister-in-law. And I had to stand up and um, her father asked her, um, do you want to get married to, to me? And I had to stand up there and ask for a front of everybody. <laughs> was, it true, uh, was it true that one didn't actually took off the mask first? No? <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is... is Halloween. No, they didn't pass either because Halloween <laughs> was at the same time. So you got away with it. Decepted. It. I was lucky.
1: So you've s- seen a one's on a bus to Navin, then you spoke to well a once on the phone, and then all of a sudden...
2: And then the axe of the then. Wow. Funny, isn't it? But it's funny too, I met Cat Dean a couple of years before that in Inchicore. She was in her, um, her and my cousin Tina and them, who'll be also her cousin, but me and Kathleen's far out cousins, if that makes sense. Me me and Tina's first cousins, but her and Kathleen's first cousins as well, but me and Kathleen's not, we're far out cousins because Kathleen's aunt is married to my uncle, that's how. And then I I saw her in the Auckland and I started messing with her in the caravan, taking out things out of press and hardly wants to bring home some of these butcher. And that's the way I was I was a joker And she got raging at the time She was breaking the ice No I didn't even know you I, you never speak, no the I never saw her in no the morning the wrong time for us. I never saw her in the morning after that Till the time and the bus You were planting the seed And she was never meant to go to that wedding So I would have been never married to her then Because she wasn't meant to go to the wedding She ended up going then Her father and mother asked her to go So it's by chance and you grabbed Just It, it never would have um, Probably you wouldn't have met Like It's funny the way life is Like you know. Do you know, like I saw her that time when I would be in around, could be sixteen or seventeen, no, about seventeen. I saw her, but I never saw her no more after that. Then
0: so that's the way God works. It's he's funny a plan, in him, Martin. He's like, a you know for to think
2: And I tried to. She reckons I was trying to make a show of her <laughs> because I was taking out bread and things out of presents. How the, the funny buzz. side of it? she never saw no funny side of it at all. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Look, he didn't get hit with a tin of beans or something. <laughs> <laughs> But I was always a person there. I was open minded. I used to have girlfriends. What well, I mean by that, I used to have friends who's my cousins who would be me they would be not boys, they were girls and we'd we'd go off we used to go off at that time, say, like to school together or we go to the shops together and he's there. We're like we're cousins and we're good friends, no that type of thing Just man. Friends, yeah, of course. yeah, good friends. Like female, male but good friends. And we'd be all, especially Tina. Me and Tina was like a brother and sister. So she was my buddy, like as a man says. Me and her would be always together. That wouldn't
1: be common enough in the travelling community, would it? No, it
2: wouldn't be. But me and no. Tina, same, No, it wouldn't be. But me and Tina was great. We'd be always together. We see one, the other one would be there. And mark the fact, she was meant to get married the same day I got married. But her wedding at the time got cut off. Where'd you get married? I got married in down here in Ballymoon, what do you call that church Martin the down Lady
0: there? Of church. yeah in
2: there and, and my oldest girl church. got married there too so we would be we're in 31 year married this month the 24th many kids we have three in family we have Sabrina who's a mother of two and having another baby to please God and then we have Huey, who's single and then we have Marianne who has one little girl so we had a big space, and um, among our, f- well, not with Sabrina and Huey, they were born one after another. But Marianne was born a long time after the other too.
1: And when you got married,
2: yes, we went to. We had a um, hotel there. It's called. It's not. It's closed down now at the same place. It was called Old Mill Hotel in Julianstown, So that's where the after do was. was a oh, we know spot, that place. Wasn't it? And the left hand side On the, the left, left, left hand side, side, side When you go down it. The little yeah, the hill there hill, That could close down Because it used to keep Getting flooded get flooded there Yeah
1: there's a pub And a restaurant On the other side Yeah they're
2: on the right hand side So we're up to speed With um,
1: where you came from Who your ma And your dad were Where yeah. you were living Where you went to school Going, to, going to London
2: I believe it or not, I have only one sister One brother As I said already so One is older One is younger So there's like My own family It's a small family Like you know so we had a lot, uh, like I mean, we had a lovely time in London because it was a totally different thing altogether. And we, got, we, we were able to spread our wings a little bit more. Do you know, like where you go to boxing clubs, you go to school. There's a lot more to do over there, cinemas. like There was a lot of things to do over there.
1: And what was it like for travellers in London then?
2: Oh, it was best time of my life. I don't know when I think back about it. Even I was just in the gym today and I was thinking about four or five people who died who used to be with me in London and so sad do you know when I think back when we were only all teenagers going around in the old parks and having a bit of fun and a bit of you know doing old boats and canoeing and things like that like in venture parks and things because the people in England that time was far like London was a long way ahead of Ireland even that time you'd be re- run off in these summer project things and you'd be run off doing all sports and everything would be brilliant well well advanced yeah even the schools at that time with the hot meals and it was just all these they were far advanced of, of Ireland I was like you know, they were way ahead of them
1: and would you been treated differently as a traveller man
2: believe it or not in England as grown up in the traveller here there's horrible names like knackers and things like that in England they would call you pikeys and things like there, but they were more they weren't as nasty as they were here at the time you know, that's just the way life is, like, right, you know. You're gonna get good and bad among everybody. So at that time in school, I remember even here, you were getting called in horrible names and things out there.
1: In when you were in Bellustown? Yeah, even
2: in Bellistown, yeah. Like they were in the mean, nasty names like that. Not by everyone, but by some of them. But that I cannot blame the little kids at the time, because we were only all kids. That was come from the parents. Comes from the elders, yeah. Because what would a little child, five or six years old, know what a knacker, what this name is. So the thing is, that was coming from their parents at the time. So, but most of these people, who used to call them names, I was a very good friend of ours now. We did things together and we worked together and we became very good friends. So that's, you know, like in, through time people understood... Like they did judge us because who we were but they didn't know who we were really like either in certain there, or their travellers that live in a caravan call them names so that was coming from their parents in yeah. England you didn't Bad have education that. yeah that's what's all down about. Yeah, yes
1: so I'm wondering what the difference is between Ireland and England I think for me growing up we were kind of told don't play with the travellers yeah maybe the difference between in Ireland and England
0: there would have been more travellers in Ireland at the time than there was in England so England let's say knew very little about travellers they knew a lot about gypsies alright yeah. but very little about Irish travellers and they sort of welcomed them in just the same way as did everybody else because in England you had a lot of different
2: races you know what I mean and you know too Martin black people in England was very good to travellers in England this is what I'm saying they should were th- no different on Black people there like used to be very good of um, good of us in England, because they knew about the way they were treated. So there were even if you're in playing the games or if you're in the parks, something like that. There, black people there was really um, like coloured people was always nice to us and kind to us.
0: Ireland, yeah. without a doubt,
2: was a very racist the country.
0: for discrimination and racism and all that sort of stuff, prejudice, the whole lot. They just combined the whole thing. But what, obviously, I can't say what they don't realise is that the parents and parents before them had to leave Ireland years and years ago. In the famine Back the time in time of famines. Limited. Yes. And go to other countries looking for refuge, food, and place to live and everything they needed.
2: Like, Dean, I am talking about back, like over 30 years ago, a traveller even going to get a hotel was impossible. They'd have to get it very, very hard no, even I'm to get telling you
0: now, my friend, I stopped you talking. To. Yeah. And believe me, a lot of that hasn't changed.
2: No, I know that, yeah. I'm telling you now. We're, and we're, another we're, thing as well, Dean, I remember back years ago, my father and them struggled even to get insurance in their van what they had at the time or car. But the minister give their name they know they're a traveller and they wouldn't even do insurance because yeah. they wouldn't even insure them. And then what they'd have to do then, they'd have to drive with no insurance and then the guards would stop them and they lose their licence. So how can these people get up a hill when they're pushed down the hill the whole time? Some travellers, Some
0: travellers who were a little bit, little bit smart, they start getting solicitors onto the companies Yes,
2: that's
0: how they did, yeah. To find out why are they not, like they had full licences as he said they are, why were they not entitled to insurance?
2: Yeah, indeed, the 80s, yeah. I know, Martin, yeah, of I know. And then one particular company Opened up
0: PMPA about 27 or 28 years ago PMPA used to, used to serve The odd travellers yeah. You call it But then there was one particular company Where they literally Put the company together Just to provide Travellers with insurance
2: I can't take the name of it Well I know PMPA Used to be one of them But there was another company as well But I tell you now Dean My father and them Struggled To get insurance Back in the eighties, yeah, that's how bad it was. And a hotel, if you had the, you know, the savings to get a hotel, like say it, the girl's family and our family turn in the money, so ever the hotel is, they pay half, me pay half. So you would scrape up the money for the hotel, and then you're in a way you're you you haven't got the hotel till you're inside the door, sitting at the oh, yeah. table late in the grove. Yeah, now so that's how much. Because there was times when those hotel doors shut and locked. Even with the money paid, Dean, when the sea travellers coming. And then most times then you'd have to have, uh, to,
0: to get somebody else to actually book the yes. hotel.
2: I had to do that with like my daughter. if you knew
0: uh, a countryman, as we call, we call you, Dean, a countryman, yeah? If you knew a countryman, you'd have to get that p- particular person to go and book that hotel.
1: But you're talking like that was in the past, that's today.
2: That's still happening. But Dean, tell me this here now. It is still happening. Your mum and dad... So especially you and the men, everything to you. Did you ever ask them in your later stage in your life why did you not want to play with travelers when we were young?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was me, man, that specifically, but I remember it being around 1978, 1979, when I was about
2: Three or four. say six, yeah,
1: seven years of age. It being on it, it being on the news about travelers, and that's where I would have heard the word knacker. Horrible, uh, is Dean? And there was kind of... There was a, a media or a, a representation of the travellers in the papers and on the media, on the news and on radios uh, that they were like animals, basically.
2: Yeah, Dean, it's like the fellow in Wexford. I don't know what you call him, like a TD or council, whoever he is. He said there once. I visit Auschwitz in, in Poland and saw what went on there. You did, uh, yeah. Yes, and he came along... I said, "Well, we should be all thrown in like the Jews into a hole and lime fired and hoffer for don't killers, bearers alive with a load of lime, like like that's ten years ago or everyone it was fifteen years ago or twelve years ago everyone it was."
1: So the fellow who was running, as we I said on this podcast it, like, loads of times, the fellow who was running for the presidency. You're not Put us through. What if
0: uh, what if travellers had to take this into into hands and like, go looking for him?
2: Which should they do? What, what was
0: going to ha- What was going to save him? They, he got into trouble. All that. Every traveller would do it. Yeah, he got into trouble. Okay. That that
1: fella really, who was, was running for president, Peter Casey, I think it was, saying all the travellers should be moved up to the Phoenix Park and re-educated.
2: Right, and do you know Spike Island? Yeah, that was it used for a jail and there's army camp years ago. Now, I think they do have all events there now. He said all. One of them said all travellers should be put out in that mountain. No, they would. They would describe them descriptions that we're talking about now,
0: right? It's, uh, as you said earlier on about animals It's like putting travellers down to be animals Yeah But sure, as far as I'm concerned The people that have them thoughts
2: Should be no better than animals? No, Dean, I'm gonna it's give not you right a couple to a anybody an animal What you never hear about travellers But I'm going to give you a couple of samples uh, We have a guy in our site called Jimmy Mohan. A lot of people call him Baldy Jimmy Because he's no hair Just the name on him Them guys Even up to the other day they go to Lords in the every year to help the sick. Right. People who can't walk, can't talk, can't do anything. This is a traveller organisation that does this. to raise money, to go there, to work in the hospital over there. It was one of the worst places which you could ever... Not the worst, that's the wrong word. The hardest place to work in. From morning to night, pushing wheelchairs, washing disabled people, everything. You never heard of good things. They also went to Romania years ago drove over there with ties and clothes and money and gave it to a, a home it was over there children who had um, just get this right, HIV and all illness like that. Some of these kids was 15 and 16 young men and women who never saw a tie in their lives. They are playing with ties like small children was. The of the McDonald's over there. And these is gypsy children and things, HIV and all things, like that, who never saw McDonald's in their lives. But you never hear the good things what the travellers does. But the minute the traveller makes a mistake, not what like loads of travelers make mistakes. This man here, Martin oh, here, on. myself and his brother, when the flood happened in I think it was the Philippines or one of them countries, we raised five thousand pounds at the time and we gave it to the local priests who read it out in all the masses. Remember, Martin? That's right. We raised 5,000 for the floods for the people who died at the time in the big tsunami. The tsunami, thing. yeah. We raised that money for that. The amount of money I raised for the local hospital, I raised at least over 70,000 in a lot of different events. I don't want credit for that because the children got me to the finish line. I didn't get myself to the finish line, the kids who was doing it for, because... As I told you already, to go back, wind back the clock, when I was a a a young teenager, like near enough, I was sent to England to have a transplant. All the local people, the travellers and the settled people, did loads of walks, fundraising for my father and mother because they had nothing, and they helped them out, gave them, raised up some money to help them to to buy something for themselves in England and also um, fundraising um, as well. Loads of people did that, so I like giving back what people did for when I was a child, teenager, like at the time, so you never hear about the good things. I know loads of travellers, those good things for for um for the Ireland, like for the state, like to work in schools, to do fundraising, to do a uh, raise money for in charity. There's one thing about the traveller is if, if if other travellers will raise money, let be fifty euro, twenty euro, five euro, a hundred, however we can afford, if someone needs it. We'll raise money for them. Yeah. If we know this person is one hundred percent needs this thing sorted out for them, we'll really get together, and we'll all throw in money. Levy fifty or five or ten or twenty. Levy two hundred or levy five hundred. We will get together and give that money, and that's you know that's what we like. For instance,
0: we'll, not to mention no names, right? Was a young lad there about a year and a half ago? Yeah, he had an accident in England, and he was in hospital. and He was very bad, and basically, the hospitals they needed money to provide the care for him. Basically, and the family, let's say, couldn't afford it. If you like, so every traveller in England and every traveller in in Ireland Ireland, gave something. All got together and made a donation. They got hundreds of thousands to help him as I said, I'm not going to mention the young lad's name, it wouldn't be fair, to help him, but it was to, to, to basically recover, and thank God the young lad is and right? But without that, without the help, he probably you wouldn't know how things would have been. But it was to the generosity of the travellers themselves. They all stood up and literally helped that young fella in particular but this yeah. has happened as you we said there this has happened numerous times and you don't hear about different them. people with various travellers they're always willing to help and it doesn't matter how little they give they still are the willing to account. help yeah. Yeah, Dean, and see, they don't yeah. talk about it they don't want recognition we don't want no for, credit for it ford. No credit whatsoever. It's just come from the heart. And that's it.
2: Like the lint, you know, Martin. He never told you what that five thousand years ago, what we got for that flood at him. He never mentioned that, did he? No. You see, no. that's what I mean because that's the type of person he is. But I'm just not what we want credit for. That we did it, and it was so sad. it's like I like eighty percent. Travellers get me money for Tempestry Hospital. I didn't raise the money. Like I did the running, but they did the raising the money. And his brother did awful lot for me. He had a brother, Patrick Stokes, and he raised me loads of money for a Hospital. And, you know, like only for the people who helped me. And the, the guards in Ballymun helped me. Local people around Ballymun gave me money. And we all got together. And well, you, we, we raised big, money.
0: You we played a big part in that because he cycled for hundreds of kilometres. Yeah, trained he'd really hard. He'd for, what you call it, kilometers, yeah, for hours. Ki- yeah, it's Hundreds it of hours. In training-wise. He'd, uh, he'd do training for whatever, many hours in the gym. Every single day for charity.
2: I took up Marathon running in 2007, and I raised £11,095 Euro pound at the time for t- Temple Street Hospital in the Dublin Marathon. And then the next one after that, I raised 9000 when I did a New York Marathon. Then I raised four, five thousand pound. Berlin, Berlin again. London Marathon twice as well. And then I did my Ironman race in two thousand and fifteen. Was my last Ironman race. So I, what do you call it? Um, I didn't do that for charity. Every time that I ever be did, because I, I didn't want to put pressure on myself because I failed it two year before that, and I said I'm just going to do this for me. So I, I ended up doing that. And what I did was a half one since that. But I did a lot of marathons for Tempestry Hospital. And I did a small bit of fundraising for Ark House, was a recovering place for cancer.
1: You showed me a video of you when you were at one of the triathlons, and you were at the. Uh, I think you were. It was at the start of the race, and there was people being interviewed. Yeah,
2: and I, I was talking on a job, and
1: they were asking people, you know, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Yeah, and go on, tell them what you said.
2: I just said, Tom, they must have felt sorry for me because <laughs> I was on Sky News and your news, so to go around with a big camera that morning, videoing people, and then to put so many on. Yeah, so I told him, I said, just get this word right. I said, um. The winner of the race won't be as happy as me if I can finish this race today. I'd be the happiest person probably in the world to finish the race, words like that I use. So I remember meeting a guy who has a big sports shop in Dublin, he's from Australia, and he said to me, I won't use the F word, he said, how did you get on television? He said, I've loads of maridons and I've loads of Ironman races. <laughs> I said, who you know I'm watching them." And when I got the finish line up my Ironman race, I was crying for three, or 400 yards had my Irish flag around me, and I, I start crying, and I got to the finish line, I wouldn't cross the finish line, for about at least a minute and a half, two minutes, because I was two years waiting to do that race, I was heartbroken two years before that, I came down the stairs, and I saw everyone with the middles, and I was so happy, and I had nothing around my neck, and I was so heartbroken inside, and I said that would never, and I met an English guy, and he told me about a race in New Yorker, an Ironman race. And I went, he said to me, kill the hill, you kill the race. well so I remember that it was a big mountain of a hill. Horde Hill is only like a doorstep to us. And I, thank God, gave me the strength to do that race. And then that gave me the courage to do my other big one the following year. So when I did that that race, I came down the next morning and had people who, who finished that race five hours in front of me. I didn't care. I came down with my middle around my neck and I was so happy. My feet was all sore. I didn't care about anything. But you got to finish it. When I finished my race, it meant the whole world of me at the time. They out me kids. I went from a 5k runner to an Ironman race and Bolton is one of the toughest Ironmen in the world. I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. So there's nothing in this world you can't do if you if you keep going. That's why they call him Iron Huey now. So I did six half Ironmen. I did one full Ironman, but I'm training at the moment. I joined um, Dean here, gave me a, a help there. Um, I joined up Prana tri club, so I'm going to be training with them till next October. I'm going to be doing my full Ironman race in Barcelona, so this is going to be my second big one to do. I can't believe I'm doing another one of these. I don't know what, how. I looked. I tell you how it happened to me. I was. I didn't train in three year, proper training in three or four year. And I was on my phone looking through things And the Welsh Ironman came up And I looked at it And tears came in my, eyes, in my eyes looking at it And I said I have to do another one of these
1: And why hadn't you trained for three years?
2: Because I lost my mother two years ago And yeah. before that I had other type of family issues going on But when I, mean, I lost my mother I lost everything So I, had, I wasn't able to do nothing
1: You lost your mind a little bit as well
2: I lost everything
1: I remember talking to you and you were getting It was hard for you
2: I couldn't even talk. You couldn't like even Martin talk. here did a lot of good things for me. Like, they went, like yeah. he was there for me when I needed to talk and to help me. So that's what people need. Yeah. Because some people can talk to certain people, and there's other people that can't talk to.
0: That's right.
2: So Martin gave me, was there for me. Like he was a, the shoulder to lean on. If, that, if that's the word you use.
1: Because even when you were talking about your mommy earlier on, and even when you said she had passed away, I could see it in your eyes. Like,
2: yeah, it's very lonely. But thank God, and I know my mother helped me to get through this. So. Thank God I'm not um, as bad as I used to be, but my training now is going to help me really. That's why nothing is going to stop me. You can get even a gun and meet me halfways in the race and there's no point wasting your bullets because I'm not going to stop.
1: You showed me a little thing outside before we came in and it was like a short video, like an inspiration video.
2: Um, one of those monks. Yeah. And he said, never give up. And that's no surrender. And I'm going to be doing this one I was at home a couple of days ago and I came up with an idea of what I'm going to do. This is going to be a very, very big thing if I can just get it going. And I hope God helps me with this. I'm hoping to get... Like, we have a very outbreak with drugs among travelling people. It's just a horrible... Like, I mean, it's just a very bad way. And that's just the way the whole world is. But I came up with an idea. I want to find out who's the fittest traveller in Ireland, Scotland, Wales and England. So I came up with... There's a, a guy called... Terry Fox who did run across Canada he got three quarter ways across he would cancer when he was 18 he lost his leg this is only a short thing about anyone checks him up if this guy doesn't get you out of bed in the morning nobody will he's one leg he did 26 miles every day Martin every day every day and you know, he said at Christmas Eve once, he said, mother, he said, I raised millions for cancer, but I have no money to buy you anything for Christmas. Yeah, this, he'd make you cry looking at him. So I'm going to sponsor a trophy myself. It's going to be called Terry Fox's Trophy, a big cup or something. I'm going to get it. And I already sent the email to Tony O'Donnell in England, or video to him. And he said it's the best idea he ever saw in his life. He's a, a man who does a lot of things for travelers in England. I never met him in my life, but I do watch him and he's going to connect it to Paddy Doherty so I'm not getting involved with the race myself in a way I'm not going to put my name forward because I'm doing an Ironman race and I don't know if there's any other mad travellers out there who's going to do an Ironman race so it wouldn't be fair for me to do an Ironman race and for me to get a cupped in for me because I have to do the hardest race of the year. So the way this race is going to be, it's going to start in January, uh, right up till December, till the Christmas month, everywhere events they do, they'll have to sin house uh, they'll have to read these proper events, not I run twenty miles a day. We want to see a four to finish and everyone who does the hardest race of that whole year. They have to raise money for cancer levy, £200 levy, £50 every to raise. So all the money is going to go towards cancer, but the trophy is going to be called Terry Fox's trophy. I'm going to sponsor that myself. I'm going to buy that myself and put it in. I'm going to get a winner's T-shirt. And so everyone does the hardest race and say if there's five guys did the same race, but one fella did it faster than the rest of them, well, he's the winner then. And and there's no age group; it's from 18, female and male, from 18. As far as I like as,
1: that one, I like that little one there. As far because, as there's a lot of traveller women don't get a look in sometimes. As
2: far as a hundred, so the two of them is going to be included with this. So I'm going to really work on this. I'm going to Leave even God's hands to help me to do this. And could
1: the winner of the whole thing be a woman?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Now i will help you.
2: Whoever who does the hardest race, the fastest time, will get the winner's trophy and the winner's t-shirt. And the following year they have to give back the t-shirt, (laughs) or not the t-shirt, the the trophy. The trophy. We've only won t-shirt. No, not the (laughs) t-shirt. We've ten trophies. I made a mistake there. The trophy. (laughs) Trophy. Give back the the trophy. And if they can defend their title, and this is open, I said this, you know, Big Tyson, the big boxer, he can even get, I don't care. Trave- it has to be Travellers, Martin. Travellers and Gypsies. Yeah, that's what I'm doing with this. That's what, um, so this is going to be like the World Cup but among travelling people. So I'm going to do this. I want to see, can I get young lads and girls away from all, stuff like that, get them out training and they're going to, imagine having the title saying I'm the fittest traveller in Ireland, Scotland, Wales and England. They can do any race in the world they want. You have the Six Nations, but we're going to have the Four Nations. (laughs) This is what it's called. So imagine the Irish fella wearing the Irish colours And I'll tell him, I'll get him a stun gun, I'll give him two shocks across the two cheeks. And I'll say, (laughs) "Beat that English fella. (laughs) I I thought you loved the English fellas. Oh, I'm not going to get into that. So the (laughs) English, so the Donovan told me what his thing is to defeat the the Scotch people. So that's what my goal for next year to do is I'm going to complete my Ironman race. Please God. And um, also I'm going to get this competition up running. That's me gold. And there's one thing about me, always before a race, I, want, I forgot to tell you this, I used to always get someone to light a candle. It's like Martin's mother used to light a candle for me or she said say a prayer for me. I always—I could never get through any race only for God on my side. I'd, I'd have people lighting candles for me, praying for me, and, you know, helping me to get to the finish line. Because it's a very dangerous race because you have to sign a form of anything. This year alone... Only two races I clicked into. One in Barcelona died through a bike accident. Two more died in Cork. We lost two people this year in Cork. So it was a very dangerous race. Like, I'll have to get doctor's letters. I'll have to write forms. And my own problem happens to me.
1: Uh, how's your own health with the, with the liver?
2: My liver is... Um, I often said to myself, I said, I said, thank you, God, for what you give me. Because I think God won't give you anything which you can't carry yourself. He'll only give you enough. The cross will be very heavy. Do you understand? But I uh, thank God for real. You because know, imagine if I had been, hadn't been had got the problem to have, I could be maybe real fun to drink. I could be taking drugs. You don't know what state I could be in. Through, through uh, my illness, because even my doctors in and, and the hospitals and all them, it's all, they can't understand how I'm able to do these things because... This causes a lot of, can give you, um, it can get go down in yourself, say like depression with it. You can have very stiff joints, as I do. Your muscles can be shorter and harder than other people. You can have a problem with your heart, your kidneys, your brain. It can affect your um, things, the nerves in your body as well. Can, you could be just sitting there. Remember you saw me move my leg. Yeah, tell you, you were
1: outside. Your leg was shaking. Yeah, well,
2: I'm going to tell you why that is because that happens with my illness. I didn't tell you at the time, but I'm telling you now.
1: I thought I thought you were nervous or something. No, but no. It, it
2: it um that's one of my things. with my um, thing is,
1: I'm have to see a whole different side to you, and it's one of the reasons I really wanted to get you in because the first time I properly met you. We, uh, we
2: almost had a mock fight didn't
1: we we had a mock fight you grab mock. me you grab uh, me no, don't, don't say that I won't say that but you had had
2: a, gr- he's fitter than me and I had to kind of do the Traveller style on him like Traveller has to win one way or another <laughs> <laughs> so we had a bit of a Conor McGregor style but then I came him. back a few
1: months later we were,
2: putting put I mean, in I mean, a
1: headlock a big smash <laughs> I laid him down I laid him down with, with a uh, yeah because with a he, joke mixed,
2: he mixed with the Travellers too long <laughs> for a couple of months and he learned their moves I called him off guard before that but it's kind of the same way me and
1: Martin met we met with Fists up as well. I remember
2: time with protest and i met you before, Martin. You remember that you and, and no Robert. Out. Yeah. And I told you how no well. to save him.
1: What's interesting about that, because I'm saying I'm at the scene a whole different part of you, is that most people don't know that side of travellers. And that's going back a long number of years. Most people see the media side of travellers for loads of different reasons. But it's it's kind of like the same Way people see or hear about Ballymoon, it's it's mainly through the media, and it's it's less face to face. Like this morning, here at ten o'clock, we started on a feature film. Thirty actors turned up from all over Dublin, and they arrived yeah. into Ballymoon, and we sat them around the table, and they were all looking at each other, going, "This is amazing, it brilliant, and look at where we are. We're in Ballymoon, and these people are really, really nice." That's the sense that I get from traveller people, that they they're really, really nice. They do amazing work. But it never really gets highlighted or talked about. That's because what I've just to pull the yeah. pull the back off people.
2: I came here in nineteen ninety-eight, April ninety-eight, and I moved into St Margaret's. I got like there was a brand new site was open and some families just moved at the time and I got one of the yards off the corporation and, and there ever since like I came from Talla. I just moved from there back to my father in law's place in Santry Lane there. He had his own yard there at the time. He used to do scrap cars and stuff like that there. That's what he used to do for a living. At the corner of Sanctuary Lane there, my wife was reared up nearly in Ballymun like. Yeah. See, in Ballymun is a very good place to live, right? Because I'll give you a couple of samples, right? One is we have the airport right beside us. You might say that's foolish type of thing we say saying those, but it's a very uh, handy thing. We have some of the best hospitals in Ireland, no more than 15, 20 minutes away from us, 10 minutes. We have Beaumont, we have the matter we have Jameses. We have the two we, big motorways. Yeah, we have uh, the motorway to the north. Then we have the docks siders So you have loads of big shopping centers around us. You have loads of gyms around you. Your own local GPs is good around you. Well, all we have to do is get the, the corporation sorted out. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> a, a convenient spot. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot of good things here. And there's one thing where we live, 90% where we live, we all see Dean you could have a best friend who might be my best friend but you could be Martin's best friend and we all help each other like there's times when you, you need each other we're there for each other there's Martin saw sides of me with no one else I wouldn't let no one else see them and he saw them and he'd help me out and there's times when vice versa if I could do something for him I'd do it so like we if they're just a bit w- mad but you get over that Thank God, Martin. The God <laughs> sent the right man beside me. So if Martin's going away to wait any holy, i A man place, of patience, is it? <laughs> yeah, he always light like candles and, and he'd do all things for us and mass. We do that for each other.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a good so way to th-
2: be. It's, uh, thank God our children grown up and now they're all married with their own ch- kids. They never, they know they got on good together as well, and that's very important. Be to God. So
1: I'm just thinking back of where the the running and the charity work and the kindness come from and it's a little bit from your daddy
2: oh my father was the greatest sports person like there's my father now he has crp in his lungs and he can't walk 50 yards now he's an auction 24 7 and he was the fittest traveler who i ever knew in my life i never saw anything like him. he He's a total machine and i got my sports from him I got other, a lot of things from my mother but in sports wise I got from my father because he was all around man he loved the Olympics I loved the Olympics like I have a cousin who won the Olympic silver medal. I have other cousins who was in the Olympics the Olympics to me is one of the greatest things in the world to watch I love all sport as I said so I got that all from him as I got different things from my mother like so
1: what did uh, you get from mommy?
2: well I would have gotten that type of way or you know always make sure you always have a bit of savings there or how to manage things like that. And my mother was a very good woman for religion as well. Like she'd go to Lords and things like that. So I would've getting them say I took a trip to Medjugorje this year Lourdes and Lords and Padra this year, me and my wife did. So I would have getting that from my mother like. So those type of things. Like thank God I got a thing from each of them, you know?
1: But you're also hard work. Huh? Your hard work. Do you think so?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like that's you are
1: hard work, you're a hard man to be around, but you're you're as soft as anything, but you have this hard out shell.
2: Well, that's why the other day I saw Dean, uh, is that drawing the boot in or is it a compliment? Which is it? Well, uh, it's something, it's it, yeah. But I met a priest today from America, Martin, and he's a lovely man, and that's why he touched my hand, my hand was cold. He said a warm cold hand is a warm heart.
1: That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Cold hand, warm heart.
2: And very fair man, Dean I would swim 100 mile if I have to do to help somebody. If someone's nice to me and someone fair to me and someone is is straight, but don't give me a person who's out to do me wrong. And I don't like that. I'd like to see everybody... Like, I was involved with drugs for five years, helping young boys through drugs, talking to them, prayer groups, bringing them to Medjugorje, them, learning them about God by... Going to visit graves, what I never thought you'd ever. I'd go to a grave and I'd do the rosary. at could be anyone's grave. Wouldn't have to be a friend of ours. Could be a stranger, and we go and we do the rosary. Pray for the souls. We pray. Go down in the night time at twelve o'clock into a graveyard. Me and my friend Martin, Gavin, and them. We used to do things like that. So prayer is a very important thing, but you can drift away from it, Dean. And in um. God is a very patient person in my life because you ask him for so much and you know and you don't give him anything and that's bad as I you know. we're all receivers we're not givers that's the problem so it's important to go to your church is is Best players you could ever got it, you know.
0: Yeah, sometimes we can ask for as you said earlier, We can ask for too much when we already have too much.
2: Yeah, we're more receivers. And than we're givers. not talking
0: about uh, we're not talking about money. We're talking about natural gifts and costs such as family and good health
2: and. Dean, as I, tell, I told peace. someone one day, I said, I said, um, I said, what's the point you give me ten dinners when I can't eat them ten dinners? if I can eat a half a dinner I'd be happy so there's no point in me taking them 10 dinners off you just because I can receive them off you share them out among people like I mean sure. and that's that's what that's what's wrong with this world Ian. We some people want too much and some people get snot and it's not fair you know and that's come from you know like I remember back when we were children and growing up like we saw I think the kids today don't see now there's some poor kids out there who hadn't got enough to eat but there's some children out there who who never saw them type of days. Like, you know.
1: There is, in this country, in this community, there's food poverty. You know what yeah, I mean?
2: Even in Ballymun now, Dean.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%.
2: Now, I'll give you a sample. The guard, the local guard used to give us our hampers one time going, up come to me, who who will we give the hampers to? And there could be seven or eight hampers in the van and i tell them who to give them. not like mention certain names, man. Yeah. But there was one hamper one day left over, and he said, Huey, do you want that? So I knew we had Everything in our place, what we needed, to, and thank God for that. So I said, "No," I said. Do you know what you do with that Fargo? I said, "Will you give that to somebody who needs it more than we need it?" He said, "You, I'm glad you said that, because he said there's one family in the flats. He said who has nothing. <gasps> he said they had second hand ties got for their kids for Christmas. They had a, tur- a chicken ordered for their Christmas dinner. That's how bad it was in, and they had hardly no food." So he had 400 belonged to me for Temple Hospital. So I took out £50 pound of it and I gave it, And I put the £50 pound of my own pocket back into the charity money because I want my money to keep as the charity money. So then I headed off. Then I told Fergal, I gave him a number and I said, ring me tomorrow and I meet me every time it was. I'll be telling you live. I told you what time it was. It could be one o'clock, two o'clock or could be 12, right? Me and Ann set off. Marianne started crying. She was a little girl at the time, small girl. But me and her set off down to a Thai shop down here in Santry. And we got a doll and pram, we got bits and pieces, we got guns, and we got little because we asked them what to had a boy and a girl. And we got things for the boy and for the little girl. Then I went into Tesco's and did some shopping in there. I got all crisp and cakes and biscuits and other food and Rice Krispies, everything filled up the trolley home. Brought them home. Fergal came in at the time then, and um, he started crying when he saw what we have done for this family. And um, he said, "He was just he just couldn't talk to be beyond that." There was another guard with him. Another guard just kept looking. More than another thing, he could be one of these guards looking at travellers doing wrong all the time and didn't didn't see this side to it. Didn't traveler. see
0: the good, yeah,
2: yeah. So get back to the story. Then I, I met Fergal after Christmas. After that. I Said, how did it get out? He said it was the best Christmas they ever had. they were able to invite someone over for dinner. Oh, Lord, <laughs> the oh, had lovely, yeah. They had a turkey for Christmas, and they
0: invite somebody else over as well. Then
2: they were able to invite someone, so they're sharing some of their good yeah. fortunes out. There. Yeah, then and we we're home, and I was just thinking, Christmas day, look at all the things that we had, and this poor family has so little. And they're still offering some of theirs what they got yeah. to another family. So he told me things was much better after that for them because one of them got a job and things. So it was good, wonderful. Like. Brilliant, thank so God. So that, that's another thing I can remember. If you said to me, what's the, one of the best things in your life? That's one of them there. That was yeah. a great thing.
1: That's lovely. A simple.
2: Simple thing. It's S- like
1: Simple not to do it as well. It's
2: like the night before my London marathon and everything went good in my race for me. We met a guy, I told Martin this before. met a guy outside the shop begging. We bought him a sandwich inside. We got him some crisp um, over there. We got him something to drink. Catling bought him fags, didn't know if he smoked or not. We got him some type of cigarettes and got him other yokes. And I gave him old fiver, uh, and we gave him them yokes in the hand. I didn't even access for anything. He just kept looking after us like that. He just turned his head and kept looking at us, Martin and everything went good the next day for me now i didn't do that for things to go good for me but i saw a man and we we're living in a big we we're in a big fancy hotel you know what the night before the marriage like and he was out in the cold so you know things like that there Dean, is is important. Probably
0: surprise you because too many people just passed them by
2: basically yeah. So it was a shock
0: to them when someone stops them. You know,
2: when we get them to and two or three more people come over and give them things at at that moment. So there's encouragement Yeah, Yeah, that just
1: happened when you reach out to somebody because people don't know how to do it or they're a bit... Unsure, or you know what I mean. But when, right. when you break that ice and you you go over and you chat to somebody or you give them a sandwich, somebody or else you, might want to have that. Someone else then goes, they feel the humanity of it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So in in my life, I, I had and I had like really ten lives in in my own life. The weird things I had, all types of things in my life. So you know, we had good times and we had bad times, we had sad times, we had all type of things. Like so, and you know, like with my own family and bless with my family we, like every family we her ups and downs we could even have a row when I go home with them this minute but that's where life is oh don't worry I'll be able to separate you. yeah that's where there's going to be we're, <laughs> we're kind of lucky in a lot of ways as well Dean and thank God none of my family is sick with the most important thing
0: oh I know I'm living beside you I know a lot about you do you know all your um your races and all your training sessions that you are doing for the last... Yes. What was it, 14 years now, I've been
2: doing it since 2007. I took it up
0: in 2007. Right. Basically, everything you done there was all... I know it was all for charity.
2: Yeah, for... So what motivated
0: street. you the most? Was the charity or was it something you wanted to do yourself?
2: No, i tell you what it was, Martin. When people did things for... For us when we're younger, don't forget, I used to run when I was 10, eight, like I started out running when I was six or seven. I never oh lost gosh. a race in my school. And I used to run for my school. And then I, I, the year I got sick in Navin, I passed me trials. I came around sixth in the race, which had to finish in the first 10 to get to Kerry and all Ireland. So I was lucky. I passed I got into my um, All-Irelands yeah. and last year I got sick so running was always a part but if we come back to the charity I remember Podge Corley doing a race for, for cancer for Crumlin Hospital in 2006 he's a travelling man and um he did that race and then when I saw him doing it there's something just came inside me I do it so he motivated you and this I remember thing. talking to his brother and one day I was out running, I was down there in Mud's Grave, I 15 miles done, and I had to stop. Because my leg kept pain me. Like a nerve in my leg. I said, how am I going to get to another 11 mile when I only could get to 15? We had people who was betting money against me, Dean, when I was doing my marathon. Imagine people saying, I'd bet you money with Hughie won't be finish it? Yes. I know that for sure. Crazy, isn't it? And this fellow, said, I can guarantee you, Hughie, the follow. I told Pack, we call him but Patrick, because he's right name. I said I struggled today. I said my leg is sore. I said I, I don't know how things are going to go for me. now he was looking after everything for me. He, he was raising money for me, and uh, like he got a couple of thousand pound for me, Dean. Like he did, for, he amazing he did for me. But the following week, I did twenty something mile, and there's nothing going to stop me doing it. So, you know, and the children So you were three quarters of the way there at this stage basically. You go in there, Dean, and you see the children We had children who died in the hospital say so nieces and cousins and all And I was, I was never going to stop
1: Martin Saracen, what's the motivation? What was the thing that encourages you? When you were sick in London People did that for me People came out and they done that for you Yeah They like showed you love and humanity And,
2: and my father and mother for them as well And probably these people
1: didn't even know you
2: Some of them knew me, some of them didn't know me and believe it or not, Dean, about, when I did it, New York Martin, there was about four or five thousand pound left over from my charity from years ago. What, they wanted to know what will we do with the money. So I give half that money to Crumlin, I think it was five, to, five and a half thousand. So I give half the temple Street and half the Crumlin as well. What the priest had there in his account, man. the priest was dead and all, the money was still there. So I met the people from Crumlin and believe it or not, none of the temple people, Temple Street people turned up the same night, but I still said the check goes to them, and other the check goes to Crumlin Hospital. Hospital yeah. So I did that also as well, over five thousand. Because the check, the money was in my name, Martin. All right. Hughie Mahon's fundraising it was in my name. Was so
0: you were the treasurer at that stage?
2: And believe that back in the day, Dean, there's a guy called Ben. I don't know. Do you ever remember him? He got a liver transplant in England. He was Irish was his name and he died with his second liver do you remember that yeah I remember that Yeah. well I was in the same hospital as him but I'll tell you another thing Dean how much I was in 2015 I was 10 years trying to get sportsman of the year among all travelling people and that's not taking glory but I kept going because I wouldn't give up and I got it I won the sportsman of the year among all travellers in s- north and south of Ireland it was the ITM Irish travel movement was run that. so it was in the back of around James's, not James's, what do you call that? Um, all my own family's born. The one in town there, the hospital, it was at the back of that annual, right? It was a big thing to do have every year. It's called Traveller's Pride Ward. They returned to the hospital at the back of that. It was like a big hall. There was a woman from from Cork who was one of the head people over there. She said, I'm not supposed to tell you this, shall we? But you're the first person ever who the 10 um, people judges picked you was never done before. Like, I was in the in front page of a book um, sold um, in Aston's bookshop and all. So I was in the front page. Of, like, dana, I wouldn't be able to do any of them things only for everybody who helped me, do you understand? Like, the guy who works in the hall, Damien, he kept putting my name forward and he kept sending me, it's not fair what they're doing to you. We won't put your name forward no more because it's not fair she taught me the um, woman from Cork said Hugh you should have had this years ago, but we know you weren't going away so every year <laughs> kept going so, that's one, so that was one thing Dean then. Oh, well. then 30 years after I went back to tell my doctor in the hospital in England thanks for what she did for me so I met Georgina after 30 years I went back to King's College Hospital through all emails because yes. Georgina uh, got me aunt or my cousin Winnie to text her I found her name. I knew she was the highest doctor at the time, second highest doctor because me. I only found out when I went over there. Well, my highest doctor in England that time for the liver died, Martin, in 1986 with a heart attack. But Georgina was from Italy. She never had no children. I never knew that till I went to see her. But I always wanted to go back and I text her. I do you remember me. And she said, How could I ever forget you, Huey? But I remember the day when she let me go out of the hospital in England, she said to me, I have good news and bad news. The bad news is, you cannot stay here. You have to go home. And the good news is, is, we don't have to see you for a long time again, <laughs> right? But she started out, man. There's a big team of them, right? So she did everything for me. What more can a person do? And she gave, through God and things, she gave me my life back. Because I even asked her in front of my wife how sick was I was. She said, you're just almost, next thing was a liver transplant. 2015, 30 years since that time since I saw her. And I had to go back and, and I gave her a hug and all And she, she started crying And I gave her a hug And she called me One of her children Martin Yeah Yeah Because she called her husband This is the one of my kids um, From that time And she told me The hardest thing for her When Dr. Moore died Martha everyone died She had to take over And she wasn't able to Spend time with the children And the wards And 30 years after Dean saw my doctor And told her Thanks for what you did for me Because I never forgot her and uh, she asked me about my father and mother at the time. My mother was alive at the time. And I told her I did my Ironman race. She just couldn't believe it. The things I could do. That's the type of person I am, Dean. I, w- I want to go back and tell her. And I had to get a flight over to her, stay in a hotel, rent a car, study my uncle's the second night. Do you know, I put time and money yeah. into this, Martin. Yeah. Just to say thanks for She's to the waiting to do it for me. And here was I upstairs up in the ward. And then they rang her. To come up and, cause she was retired three year, but she still helped in the hospital, Martin.
0: Oh right, probably advising them and stuff. She
2: started in nineteen seventy something, and there's so many children dying in England with liver diseases, and they started a group together. There was a Chinese fella, to the doctor, her, and a red hair fella, and all the was all came the highest you can get, can't get any higher than them. So that's another story in my life, Dean. So I'm. <laughs> I did some crazy stuff. This is turning into the gear Burn Show. is Claus now. races, dressing up as Sandy, running the beach. <laughs> <laughs> huh? It's turning into the Gay Burn Show now. This is your life. Tell us about the Sandy Claus. I did that at and I'm going to do it now. It's in the second week of the again Why are you doing again. Santa Claus? Yeah, I did it already loads of times, but I'm going did to do you? it again. You dress up as Santi and you run running the beach. It's a five and 10k run. Even if only can walk and run it till I get my fitness up, I'm going to have a bit of would a You crack. bring that man over there with you. Well, he can come up me maybe once. Dean, I was telling Martin about the five k run every Saturday oh, man, totally morning.
1: Poppytree Park run every Saturday morning. Yes, at that's nine. going. To
2: Martin's going
1: now. Yeah, you can walk it. You can. Yes. you can jog it. You can run it. Whatever you want. It's yeah, just that's, that's, getting up and getting off the couch or out of bed is the hard work.
2: Dean, well, as I said to you already, I was dead and buried, and I saw this Ironman Wales, and I started off doing five k runs, and I just. Something lit in my head. Something came in my head and I and I just I was crying looking at the yoke on the phone and I just I c I can't believe I'm back. Like I trained for over two and a half hours this morning, but if I can only train for ten minutes then I'm happy with that. It's what you're able to do and then keep building it up and building it up. And have a gold. Yeah. Like Martin's gold should be a ten K run. Build yourself up to that and that's brilliant.
1: Martin's goal should be whatever Martin can do the minimal amount yeah, and then build it up.
2: That's what I'm saying. His goal is now is the 5k walk, run and walk and build it up then. Yeah. And keep going up. And it's great, isn't it, Martin? I, yeah, I think if someone said to me before, you know, your health, your, if you train, it takes all your worries. And it's like going to mass. You go to mass, you're spending time with God and all the saints and you're spending time with them all your worries is all away from you at the moment you're praying for your worries for people who are sick and all them but at that moment you're in that zone thing but the same thing with training if you train, and all those problems leaves you
0: it's like your focus is stuck away from all of
2: that yeah as, your focus as a priest at Medjugorje today and it made a lot of sense very simple thing he said just even drop into the church and say hello you don't have to get involved with the mass. You just sit down in the corner, look what the priest, listen what the priest is talking about. Look around you. You don't have to get up. You don't have to stand up when he tells you to stand up. You don't have to sit down when he tells you to sit down. Just be there. Just be. Yeah, and that's uh, the same with your health. Just yeah. get
1: off the sofa, walk around the park for ten minutes. You feel so good. I, feel, I don't. Know, I was very sad there about two weeks ago, and um, I just went walking up the hill on that my own. You. I just walking up the hill on my own for about four hours. And I just sat with it, and then when I came back down, I was in a different place and I helped it. Yeah,
2: me. see, that's what happens, yeah. The harder thing is, we're going to be sad again and we're going to be upset again and thing. but that moment, at least, it's gone from your brain. It. Be, like, I opened it into swimming with water going to hide half the height of a house. Do you know, like big waves coming in top help you? Do you know, and then a big, how could I go no you got someone to call something you know, Dean.
1: Yeah, come down. I'm in as often as I can. I'm
0: You're always with,
2: looking for someone to go swim with. I'm John, in uh? with my man Dan. now <laughs> as often as do I, I can a
1: break, like you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You're a grand man <laughs> the year, excuses, no, man. He's got
2: there's a two, there's a big uh, Gail Force Martin does three long races next year in the in the in the sea. What the first one was in May, and you can do a five pint something k swim, or you can do a three point eight, or you can do a two pint something. So he's going to be doing one of them with me. I'm going to do yeah. the three point eight k. I'm Not going to go for the five because I won't be ready for it. But I'm going to and then there's two more events during the year then. So you he, he day, might what? be jumping in that there with me. Yeah. You absolutely. get a T shirt in uh, the middle and all. Long distance three, swimming. Three We'd we'll have, cr- have to
1: give the medal back and keep the T shirt.
2: So I, like a lot of things, Dean, and as I said, that's another part of my life through me sickness and through me sports things and I get back to people. Then say as everyone knows what my son was on Big Brother and things that there too. That at the time that was a
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that
2: was tough times at the time at the, when it, when dim things happened as well. So you know Tough for you or him. Yeah, it would have been tough for everybody as well. So I had a lot of things in my life I went to my life then.
1: What was that like? Tell us about that.
2: Well, at the time it would've been a very big it was a hard time at the time.
1: What was hard about it?
2: Well hard because when your son is on Big Brother and they you know you didn't never knew or never thought you know the way things was like I you know like over being I don't like using the word again like things out there Dean but it's hard for me and my wife Is it
1: hard for you to say that word?
2: It, it is yeah but it's hard for me and my wife at the time but tough times as well but that's when Martin and people like that came in again Hard to
0: accept he's saying, like is Yes
2: you know things out there because you as you, you're growing up and you're seeing your family growing up you want not see them getting married or having their kids and all these things Yeah not saying gay people can't have kids here because they can. Or get married. Yes, yeah, yeah, all those things. But the thing is, this is come from a Catholic background and old fashioned things and old fashioned in one way and not old fashioned in another way. But in a case like that, it was tough times, but we got through it and it was hard. Like so, really, Iron Man race. It was nothing to something like that. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Because there was a
1: point, because you told me about this before, and I talked to Huey about it as well. There was a point where it was just so hard, and you didn't want it this to be the thing. You were like, no, no, no. No, I couldn't I, I, accept I, it. I can't hear it. I can't accept it.
2: No, because I was in the gym that morning. I mean, Huey had her own like little problems a couple months before that, so we weren't really... 100% together they know like, they're talking wise and like I now have a person to hold back something so i just being honest about it so I was in the gym that morning I did a 10k run because I was training for a half Ironman in Galway and my training was going so well so I rushed home out of the gym Kathy was going out the gate on a Wednesday she was driving my car going out the gate bringing Huey to the airport so I, I got back and I said hold on I said I'll go with you so I dropped the other motor up and got into the car out to the airport Dropped Chewie off That was on a Wednesday Early in the morning Around 10 o'clock Half 10 And then I got a um, he, As he was walking through I just put up my hand like that there He walked through Then my sister-in-law Rung me then And what? And told me Told you what? Well we was going on Big brother He almost had a show of one Huey, hadn't he? Huh? He almost had a show one Hadn't he? Sure, he had one Everyone knows He did win I'm it so so did You no, win you'd, it, know, right? you'd no
1: clue What he was doing
2: no, I knew he was going to have Big Brother, but I didn't know what he's going to come out with this type of talk. They didn't tell me anything like this. Yeah. Maybe they might be comfortable talking about this. No, i know, I know. right talking sure, about yeah. that. Like, yeah, because I. Like, even. Say Lucy came to I was there once as well, the, like yeah. and uh, New York, and that was a good crack. She was on the
0: Big Brother show, wasn't she? Yeah,
2: no, no, she, no, she. um Oh,
0: the other the one from from here, yeah. Came, yeah.
2: Lucy, came, What's it living called? With the, living with Lucy. Living with Lucy. She was living in our. Is place, that still huh? Is it? Yeah, she's doing all celebrity people at the moment. She's a new one is she? loads of people. Yeah, so she's a lovely woman, Dean.
1: So she asked you all these questions. She asked me time. them
2: things on public television, live in television, and I told her like. So, uh, what do you call it? It was very hard times. and it still can be hard today. Yeah. But the thing is, um, Hughie's our son. And, like, I mean, he never did anything wrong to nobody in his life. He argued, and, like, everyone does have outfits and ways. Like, Hughie would have been another person who was a good boxer and everything. Like, people forget these things. Maybe
1: he might win fit as traveller. He was was well, he wants to get into order, I'd love to see him get into I think into he'd order.
2: be well able for it. Yeah. Yeah, well, Hugh, Hughie there was a good boxer. He won Dublin Championships, Dublin Leagues. He won nine counties. He got bet in Irish a couple of final, semi-finals as well. So And he bet all Ireland champions. He got uh, fired for Dublin County as well. So he did it. He, he was, believe it or not, Hughie won a race in Ballymun here before. And he won a new um, race or a new mountain bike at the time. It was a swim, cycle, run, Martin. It was one of them was done Triathlon, here. Triathlon, yeah. Yeah, Huey He won, he won, won it, it from the school. Yeah, he won it. He came first. He yeah. won the, the swim, the cycling. He won a brand so new mountain bike.
0: sports when he was young like, not he?
2: Yeah, he won the Robert him the bike as well. He was giving out the bikes. we won the bike. He came first in his age group. So, that's another part of Huey. But The thing with Huey was it was a very tough time, Dean. You had people who was horrible people calling names on Facebook and you had oh, no, like the everyday type of stuff but they're forgetting about the emails that we're getting the texts that we're getting from people in different parts of the world. I'll just give you two examples. Right, One was from a girl from London. She texted me through Facebook. She said, I don't know if this is your son and big brother but I think it is, she said. I lost my sister two weeks ago, she said. But she said, I wouldn't be alive the day only for your son who's on big brother. So, sure, sure. Probably, yeah. Didn't we receive another one? Why, didn't
1: why, sorry, why was that?
2: I reckon... I reckon her sister um was suicide or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So I reckon that's what the case was. The way she was saying wow. it, that's what wow. I was then. Yeah. So then a woman from Canada and saying same thing Martin, like uh, like praying say for how she just loves Shuey, yeah. They made another woman who went to uh went to Lourdes Told her family to record everything with Hughie. Don't miss another. And she had a big candle <laughs> she lit. she back. She had a candle lit in Lourdes, <laughs> Dean. And then there's another woman uh, who was lovely. dying in Northside down there with cancer. She had three kids. Her youngest child didn't start school. So her wish before she died was to see Huey and her child to start school. <gasps> that's all she wanted. Oh, but that's not the end of the story. Well, let me finish this here, right? We went down... There was fundraising done the same day, Martin. There's a wee curtain in the middle of the, par- in the, middle of the, uh, the place. She was up that side. She was on here. And you think she was after seeing, I don't know what, she, what you said, say, the king of the world oh, or whatever it is. Serious. She came running. And this woman was struggling. She, it, she was very sick. To see her in their soft T-shirts. or oh. were crying and all. But this is the hardest thing, Martin. She did see her child start in school. But the little she's going to know... But when she was in a coma, dying, her husband died at the same time. Oh. But he got a sudden cancer, what killed him dead, and the person she needed to mind, the three children, oh Lord. Died before she died, and the three kids was left behind. Plus not sins. Oh Dean, do you understand? And where she from, Down north side down there. And believe it or not Martin, I was in the firm piping in Mount Hospital, coming down the lift, Yeah. could be a week or two before, but the minute I saw her, I, I know her face. Because she she'd one of those things On her head What do you call them Another the thing the, For people who yeah, lose the Their hair Yes she had one Like of them a and scar a, for people with cancer lo- Yeah And I looked at her, Martin, oh, God bless her And I took nose Of her coming down She was in the one lift While I was coming down In Vermont Because I knew her face When I saw her and so I, I know, saw her before so. She was Got very sick After that fundraising day after that, again, it's like she was howling. Was oh, she
0: the main person of the day?
2: Kind That's of what like. everyone was raising the money for. Ah, they yeah. did a 5k walk for her to raise a load of money. And it's so, it was this is a funny part. Those girls who were helping to do the fundraising, her mother just loved Chewy, but she was bed bounded. Yes, right? She was like the old man in the Quiet Man movie when he heard about the fight, he jumped up. <laughs> so, um, the other one said. Our, our sister or whatever her name was uh, I don't. I don't know what her name was her name was Louise or whatever it is she, she has a new Python. I don't want to see him. <laughs> she wants to see Huey? <laughs> no, that woman said in the bed. Oh, sorry, yeah. Or then the Brennan in Huey into the door. She wants to see him? Yeah, because she didn't know. She, the girl said, I'm bringing in my oh, boyfriend. sorry, to see she you. didn't know Huey was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Here she trying to get up out of bed. I heard. <laughs> she did her best to get out of bed. would you see them? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and she couldn't move forward. <laughs> she could not be. And she didn't want to see no boyfriend. Oh, all right. But then oh, I'm bringing him in to see her. They got Huey that day. I brought a man on. in the car because the said, Mother just loves you. So he so changed him the, up very well. So all play play. Yeah, that's what I mean. All the horrible people out there, then we met the true people, the good people, and they're very important. Yeah, you know? that's, that's and
1: what do you think it is about your son?
2: Well, he has a good way of getting on with people. Like Hughie yeah. did, even for Char or Christy we've got up in the town. He was, a, he used to be working with um, Sinn Fein, and now he's um, the Lord Mayor of Dublin there once as well. He's by himself now doing the yokes, but he Hughie did a fundraising or thing for him before too, or for homeless people. He slept out the whole night. Him and his partner at the time. For to raise funds for homeless. he stood up the whole night, Martin, sleeping out in the streets. And then he and helped them with the super runs as well.
0: I was like, he put himself into their
2: shoes kind of he thing. He slept with the homeless people, with buckets, go around with buckets the whole night through. So sure, you wouldn't get millionaires to do that, would you? No, it doesn't I mean the whole night to that. Now he's a traveller again for you. Yeah. He did that the whole night through with the homeless people no, and things. No, no. Yeah, the whole night through in O'Connell Street. And he raised a say to help with buckets in the shopping centres and all.
1: And what do you think these these people who were sending you emails and texts, what were they getting?
2: Well, Dean, at the time I'd be straight truthful about it. I used to argue back with them online, right? Because it was hurting me. Didn't I start thinking I said, Kathleen, as a Kathleen, if we to argue with these people I said, we're gonna be arguing all our lives I said. Rest your lives, yeah. So I said, what I did was then like, it, it's, I, I'll try to get this story as fast as I can to you, right? I had a cousin in Navin who lost a brother through the same thing they did through murder, he got murdered. But John Paul is more like a brother to me and Tommy than a cousin, if that makes sense. And um, his wife fought me behind his back and asked me, Can you come down to see John Paul, Hughie? You know, I was in a bad place myself at the time. I said, what's wrong with John Paul, these tablets and he's all these other yokes? And, you know, hard? hard he's in a hard place because his brother yeah, has died. Yeah. So I went down and let Nana come from Cavan. I mean, a little girl was up with me. My wife sneezed. She's a little young girl at the time, Megan. She's married now, the same girl. But um got John Paul. And I said, John Paul, do you wonder I was coming down from Brian for me back, I said. I had had him a white lie, if that's what you call it. So we went out to the graveyard. But my brother was already rung as well by me. And he let now he' was getting a car, or a van fixed in Navin, so we went out to the graveyard, and then you had Darren Sunderland, who was the famous boxer who died. then you had another that my cousin who got murdered was there, and then you had another woman and who got you know that was all anyone I looked at, those horrible things came to the end of their lives, very young people and I looked at them, and John Paul and homie was talking, and I walked away and I said, "We're so lucky I said. So we have Huey, he's a big, fresh, strong young man. I said, I'm no longer going to be against him, I'm going to be for him. So I went away, didn't got t shirts made. <laughs> I got Huey, the next Prime Minister of Ireland, <laughs> or President of Ireland. <laughs> I had a, do you remember I had a big picture of the back window of the camera? See, so yeah, I used to have into the gym with it. These people never start making phone calls no more then or texting and things like that because what's the point calling someone names who's going around looking for you to be the next to celebrate yeah so we wore t t-shirt then I got talking to a journal I, I turned down the Sun the World and all them and then the Sun paper got came to my house and you had to be very cautious with, with the media or people so I got talking to Kane, and before the, anything with them paper we, we understood each other so I worked with him the whole time through it then and he ended up doing a lot of good things for Hughie as well. So, you know, I, uh, they, I felt much better then. So, then we make Huey then when he came home and out the airport and we're out there waiting for him with our t-shirts and people was coming over for art and graphs and it was a torch at the very start for the so first couple of months because we couldn't go into a pub but we couldn't even eat a bit of food right because they were coming over top of us and photographs for Huey Hughie. So, I felt like a bit of a matchup on myself a couple of times, like a... I was like there and I was watching everything. <laughs> uh, basically you, you went down to
0: help John Paul. Is yes. that right? And I oh, helped When myself. you seen the graves, you got the help in yourself. Yes.
2: When I you, saw these That people, you didn't realise
0: you needed, basically.
2: Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I went down to help John Paul, but I ended up getting help myself in it. Yes. Because I looked at all these young people. And now there's a big difference between a dead person and a an live person. How could you choose? Well, but I realised what we had. You're alive. And look at these poor people, what they, their father and mother's lost these people through yeah, very sure. bad things. Like Darren Sullivan took his own, everyone knows that. But through, he was a great boxer, he was a lovely young lad. I, I knew Darren through the boxing. And the thing, like, look how sad his life was. When everyone looked at him, oh, he was like a brightest star in the sky. But he wasn't, no. he was the lonely star in the sky. Yeah, behind it all, yeah. He was pitch dark, he wasn't bright at all. Again, he was crying out for help, and and to never help them. Maybe no one could see it. Yeah.
1: So what do you do there? What do you do in that space? Because I know you were sad for the last, you know, year or so. Two year. Two year. Nearly two year. What do you do?
2: Well, as I said, Martin gave me a lot of help. I had Martin. I had a fellow called Thomas, another good friend of mine. I could make a phone call to him. Martin was there, and his family was there. And you know, and my own, my no, but I mean I don't think it makes a difference.
0: Even the strongest man in this world, everybody needs someone to talk to now and again. Yeah, you need. Take uh, take Tyson Fury there, for instance. Yeah, look what he went through. The biggest, less and not the most powerful man in the world. But like he's in a high space there, and yet everything he had, he everything his, but he, he had brought nothing, to his in knees many
2: time can kind the of money wise Tyson had everything millions yeah, and millions right. and millions lovely family but he hadn't got that other thing he hadn't got the thing what you need It's like when I start coming out of things when training was my life I just love training like it's nothing for me to train for three four hours when I do do it five six hours like who wants to jump on a bike and do. 150 kilometers in a training session like there's not everybody wants to do that no but there's other things you can do like you can go to church you can go for a walk in the park you can go to the local gym and do a small bit of training anything like that is like food you need food to stay alive well you need things like that to keep alive as well yeah, the talking in from your head anything that creates a therapy and the world, a man is not half as strong as a woman or he might be able to lift a weight much heavier than a woman can lift right but a woman is still much stronger than Strong-minded, men. Strong-minded, yeah. In other ways.
1: What did you say there? Anything that makes it therapy? Yes, like if you're going going for a anything. walk. Because he said
0: they are. Uh, he mentioned they are do an exercise. Yeah. Going to church, whatever can put your mind into a good state, is
2: a therapy, isn't it? And you need to talk to someone. Then depression is one of the worst things a person can ever go through. It's the lonely saddest thing of your life. You can't get no worse than it. It's a horrible thing. My own wife suffers with that for years, like so I know all about it.
1: I've been there myself.
2: It's that it's the worst thing you could ever go through. You can't get no worse. And you know so, so I think a lot of good things in my life I, I was hard and but I was able to get through them. But that's through my father and mother as well and through my own family.
0: So the healing the healing I'm not saying the healing for that. The healing probably comes from talking to somebody else, yeah, talking to other talk people to about these things. Um, because like you, you never, never know what another person could come out with. And you don't know what other people is going through, man. They could, change, they could change, your, yeah.
2: uh, change your way of thinking. Dean, look at that man who I met when I failed my race in 2013. English man who's in second in his age group. And he was in a time trial yoke, put into the yoke mountain because he 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 did something wrong. In, the, you had to be, in Ironman races, you can't go too close to another person on a bike. You can't be seen throwing papers, which you shouldn't do anyway. And um, you can get these penalty points. And only for he was in that little penalty point place where I was at the time waiting to get a lift back to the hotel... And he told me, I told him I pulled out a race because he asked me what happened. And he said, and he said, young lad, he said, you can always replace a race, but you can't replace your life. He said, he said, what would have you be going down the hill and you get dizzy spells or get sick? He said, I'm 22 year doing this fence, he said. And he said, I know all about it. So then he told me about Yorker and. Like a man who, and he came second that day in his age group because I met him the next day, but I wasn't, um, what do you call it, Um, I was only talking for about a minute the next day, but at that moment, Martin, he told me, and I didn't give up hope then. It's so small of a world. What with me cycling not far from me finishing after doing 180 kilometres, and this guy came up beside me in the bike, and he looked at me, he said, I remember you here Um, two years ago, he said. And he said, you never finish a race. He said, you not know, remember talking to me after the, the race. And he said to me, but you're going to finish today, he said. And then I met an English woman. She's a woman was six foot one height. I said she was a soldier. She had all Union Jack colours on her. I think her name was Helen, if I'm not mistaken. And she asked me, what's your plan for the race, for the for the run? I said, walk the hills and run the flat. She said, I'm your partner. I didn't even look at my watch no more. She looked at the watch the whole time. Me and her trained together, did the run together. And she finished what a minute before me because I even down in front of her for about five minutes because my legs were stiffening up. And then uh, she came up beside me. She finished what 100 yards, 200 yards in front of me, man. But only that woman that day, she, we helped each other.
1: But it's a good strategy even for life. When stuff is tough, take your time, take it easy. And then when everything is all right, move a little bit faster. So what was it? Uh, walk the hills.
2: Walk the hills and run the flat. And run the flat. It's beautiful. So you're getting your you're getting yourself back because it's a dangerous race. They you know, like, and they you know it's a plan. If we to try to run the hill, we probably would have been burdened out. So if we walk in the hills and run the flat. So you have another twelve months of this train ahead of you. Yeah, well, I have. I have a lot of experience. I didn't train in long. My last race was two thousand eighteen in a tie. So I have a very big race coming up in June. In a tie, it's called the double Olympic distance. So, what that means is a 3K swim in the, in the water. There's about 1200 meters against the current. So, it's going to be hard because I did it before. But it's the biggest race that day. You have all these pipers in front of you and all. It's a big race and it's an 80K cycle straight away after the 3K swim and a 20K run. So, it's like a half Ironman. In Ballymun at the moment, I just have to say this we are we have amazing people in Ballymun loads of the boys did in Dublin Marathon say two weeks ago tomorrow, some of them is going to Ch- Chicago where they got their places in over the good times the, what they're doing in Ballymun even with the bike club and all that is amazing you know we have one of the best people in the world not just in Ireland, Gerard He did ten Ironman in ten days. No, he. I hope to get some tips off him this year as well. So Jared
1: is launching his book.
2: He signed me up for Barcelona marathon or Ironman race today. he's he? The things what that man does is just out of this world. Like who wants to run around a school for one hundred and sixty five kilometers the whole night through? He did it. Him and Coco. Yeah, he did it as well. They finished the race too early. And I had to do another five k run. <laughs> but when they, I look they went at,
1: too fast. Luke. When
2: I look at Jared, I look at him. If I can only get five percent from him, he'll do me. Super so first. I have the same respect for a man who can run five k or a woman who can run five k. If I never done a hundred k, because he, I look at him, and he gives me hope. Because this man never did it before, or a woman never did it, and they're going to do it. So I, that I like, gives me hope. I like
1: that message hope. Uh, by the way, I'm going to invite you down to Jared's book launch on Friday yeah, the twenty-fourth in the Axis, and I might actually ask you up on stage because I'm going to be hosting
2: it. Yeah, well that's uh, I like that. i would be an honour to do that. The
1: hope thing is interesting because I think that that's what Tyson Fury gives people. I think that that's what your son Huey gave those people is hope, is a way out of the pain, is a plan, is a is a way of thinking, is a way of, of accepting your pain but looking for the therapy.
2: Yeah, and like, we are in McDonald's one night, and I was like a bodyguard to Huey, and this boy, these two girls spotted Huey. We are after having a home party for him, and I'm to say, this, out the whole roof, one girl come over, you don't know how oh she plagued us. You don't know much, I love your son, I just love your son, I just love your son, we just love, that's all she kept saying about it. I said, will you please, your father and mother is waiting for you to go she home. Was crazy about him. Can I go home with you? I said, you can't come home with us.
1: (laughs) Here, have a question. Do you love your
2: son? (laughs) Every father and mother loves their sons and daughters.
1: I'm not asking every father and mother. I'm asking you. (laughs) Do you love your son? they are
2: always the hard words to say. I know, I know. See, why do you do that? (laughs) So say it then. Of course you love your family.
1: No, no, no. I'm asking you.
2: <laughs> say the words, yeah. Of course, you would lo- like you do, lo- do like, you
1: love your son, yeah, Hughie. I love
2: my daughter, I love my son, I love my other daughter, and I love my grandchildren. So, my life a car needs these Or of the petrol to keep going every day. Well, I need my family around. I know they do torture me. <laughs>
1: hey, I'd say you torture them morning, noon, and
2: night. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know, like, so the things in Ballymun here at the moment. Um there's a lot of great things in Valemon true 70
1: people ran a 5 kilometer run this morning for charity for cancer Yeah uh, there's a running club here with 250 members there's a cycling club we yeah. set up a hiking club we set up the cubs and the scouts there are 101 ways, 101 plans, 101 routes for people to get involved in in this community. And what I've set the challenge is, I've named or- Ballymone as Ireland's healthiest community. And we, I think we can do it.
2: Well, Dean, what we need is, as like I'm hoping to do this thing among travellers, right? I, I'd love to see you some of the traveller boys... That's getting involved, and the girls getting involved with these things that you're doing because it's a wonderful, it's a great thing. Because I have a little granddaughter, she's three years old, and I tell you now, and I'm predicting this her now, if she's put into a running club. She's going, I met Sonia Sullivan and Amy Cochran all of them. I met them. But I tell you, it's going to take one of the Kenya runners to bait her because that's how good she's going to be. And I, and, I, and she's only three years old. Well, we have some of the Kenyans in, in the Ballymore. Well, Club. Well, you're going to need one of them to bait her in time to come because <laughs> that's, uh, sure. that's how much I, I can tell by looking at her. I can just know how good she's going to be. And I'm just choosing her. She's just built for speed. I just know she is. So, in, I'd love for some of the young boys and girls to get involved with that they they no true sport and you don't realise the fringe of meat. I told someone before in England in Paris when I did the marathon I said we so lucky and the English woman said to me why I said I'll tell you why I said true pair of runners and a pair of shorts we can do all these events just train and do them we meet each other I said we will never see each other again I said but I said we did event today day I said we met at the finish line, because what happened was the finish line was too narrow, and because uh, there was too much people in it, and um, there was seven minutes before we could cross the finish line, Martin. And you can meet people from America, Martin. I know the people I met all over the world. Oh, sure. I saw lucky with a pair of runners and a pair of shorts. Dave Wise is he's going. we have going out to Chicago six weeks before the double marathon. From Ballymun, fellas, when he took up running, like Mick told me one day, he met me, and he said, "Here, I used to look at you running around Ballymun, Mick Nan, and he said to me, and I used to say to myself, I'd love to be like him. Now he ran in Barcelona and other countries now and on. He's doing it now? Yeah. Now he has injuries, so he only can run half, but it's still a great thing to do. But that's where he, imagine he looked at me. That was his brother, is it? A big fat lump of lard coming down through Ballymun and like a, as a cork man said to me before, you're like a diesel engine, you're hard to start in the morning, but you're you, you, there's no surrender, no, you're yeah. up. Do you know, <laughs> Dean, I often got up, but people didn't realize this. <laughs> I often got up at four o'clock in the morning, I'd have something to eat before five, I'd be out my door in my bike for seven, eight hours, and I often come home and do maybe a 45 minute run or a 60 minute run after that.
1: That's the same as me, I, 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 life, I cycled right? from. Ballymont to Enfield on the canals and, yeah. and back, and then when I got back to my house, twenty minutes later, I was looking for something else to do. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think uh, you know, it was just like Jared met a, a coloured guy from America, Martin. He was a Navy Seal. If you said to me, who would you love to meet in the world? In one person, it be him, Goggles. and Jared met him. Yeah, I looked him up. He said one time ago in the New YouTube, I can I can never find a finish line of any race because even when he finishes the Ironman race, it's not enough for him. Like Martin, he ran for I think it was for two days around a five hundred meter track one time ago. He's a total machine. So Jared met him. That's the caliber Jared did in. He got emails from world champions wishing him luck. He's an amazing man. So, we're so lucky to have a man like him and Barry Munn. Yeah, we're lucky to have you as well. Dean, I'm 5%, but I uh, my Ironman race, when I do that in October, that Ironman race is going to mean the whole world to me. And I know I'm going to get there. And Terry Fox is going to get me to the finish line. That's what my heart believes. That guy who died with cancer when he was 22. Terry I'm going to uh, have me have me plan. I can see myself going across the finish line already I have my Irish flag where I always use in other countries but one thing I'm going to have a t-shirt with Terry Fox on it because I'm going to have it going across that finish line and he's going to get me there Very good Fair pleasure Out of doubt
1: Hughie Mohan Senior Ireland's healthiest traveller
2: Ah uh, not far from that but the thing is he's going to get me across that finish line
1: Episode 49 A Traveller and a Countryman Podcast
2: I'm sorry I had to wreck all your heads today, but... <laughs> no, I'm you were great, brother. You, you were amazing.
1: Me. You wear a diesel engine and it is hard to shut you up.
2: I'm living next door to... Me, and this country thing, man God, here, Dean, he'd want to stop or he's going to get, get himself mangled, as the traveller says. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's not safe till he's outside. <laughs> so if you want me, Huey, Senior and Huey Junior In person Come along to our gig uh, In Access On Friday the 24th of November Our live podcast Oh that Uh, should be good Huey Senior is going to be In the audience as well So
2: get their tickets out there Guys Get you all there And (laughs) see what's going on
1: Tenor a ticket Get them from Access I'll
2: get them from Martin Stokes Yes also known as Elvis. Did you know who <laughs> They used to call him Elvis? Flakes, Flakes is Martin Strokes. Did you ever know that? Did you ever know he used to call him? He's we like called Elvis one
1: time. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to sing a couple of Elvis songs at this. Please. Uh, uh,
2: Do you know one morning, Dean? Cold morning. need just give you a full, a little quick story <laughs> about him. Right, I got up one morning. He never stopped singing Hank Williams so I got up one morning and saw, I was I saw feeling his, a bit country I saw way? his <laughs> son Tommy I said where's Hank Williams this morning I said I don't hear him singing I just said this weather the snowman even moved out indoors was Austin, it was
0: bad now couldn't be any cold."
2: but where's Hank Williams gone he's gone down the country that's why he went not <laughs> singing
0: I didn't know this <laughs> he, he, got told, down down, he told us a bit <laughs> I said I don't see him. where's
2: Hank Williams this morning I don't see him singing I hear him singing but I didn't know I thought he was in bed I oh, was about 17 I was singing Hank Williams But he was out down the country probably singing it in the car <laughs> Hank Williams full blast It was just so funny at the time I've been <laughs> you going told him He thought he had that one up I thought I had him there Dean I thought I had him I thought he was in bed draw luck with the car probably like myself the frost would let me out <laughs> It was that cold I even it was warm outside nearly probably. but he wasn't I didn't hear him singing that morning So what I don't did I sent him
0: back a selfie didn't I in the frost
2: Hank Williams I said I don't hear <laughs> Hank Williams this morning oh but gosh. Hank Williams was already gone two hours before that <laughs> <laughs>
1: episode 49 of Travel on the Countryman podcast nice one kids. Yeah, well done brother A Traveller and a Countryman, and a countryman podcast. podcast. Live. Live the 24th of November. Access Theatre, Moon. This is our only live show this year. And we're going to fill the room yes. in the Access with settled people, travelling people, people from all over so the place. So you're feeling good about it, Jess? I'm very excited. We've got amazing guests. If they come to our live show, they get to hear Eileen Flint talking. Is that right? They get me, they get you, they get a special guest, they get Huey Motton, Sharon Ward, €10 Euro on the 24th of November. So it should be a great night out in the Access 24th. Plenty of banter and plenty of chat and a bit
0: of crack. I want to invite all the travellers onto this show to hear all the crack come from different angles, as a fellow would say.
1: It's a night of cha, song, the crack, a couple of weeks before Christmas. And best of all, in from the cold.
0: For 10 years, you get a seat, you get light and you get heating. <laughs> you get to listen to me
1: and you talk. Here, <laughs> yeah, there's no losers. It's all winners. Tickets are selling fast. Flying out go to the Access Theatre, get your ticket, travel on a country Can you buy band? a ticket at the door also, yes. They'll all be gone by then. So. But if people want to get them at the door, can they get them if there's no... Um... Tickets will be gone. Anyone looking for tickets Get on the Martin Stokes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're spoiling it all, i not you. You're just spoiling it completely. If you don't want to see the country, I'm telling you you want to see the traveller. And again, if I'm not there, just start without me. I hope that. I think it's going to be a good evening out. See you there.
1: So well, that's us for this episode, a traveller and a countryman podcast. If you like it, let us know, share it around, and uh, should we see you on the road.